You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. I just want to take a second to document that this is another literal Naptime Empires episode where Diki is napping upstairs in his room and I'm over here in the guest room recording this intro for this conversation that I'm really excited to share with you. It's a little bit different than our usual. I think you're going to love it. I'm not going to spoil it though. Chrissa Benson is a fitness enthusiast passionate about cooking easy, healthy, real food meals and finding ways to sneak in workouts all while managing life as a military spouse and mom of two precious little guys. She started her blog, Physical Kitchenist, to help others learn efficient ways to do the same with step-by-step workout tutorials, meal planning tips, and family-friendly recipes, all without breaking the bank or feeling overwhelmed. From being a full-time career woman, a full-time moving all the time military spouse, and a full-time mom, she gets it. She understands the challenges of a busy schedule and sometimes hectic life, full, we could say. And her goal is to give you tools and advice both in the kitchen and in your home gym, aka the living room, just like home studio up here is the guest room, all while keeping a sense of humor and a healthy dose of reality. So as is the case for most, okay, literally all of my biz buddies, we first met on Facebook and then we met in real life in San Diego a couple years ago. And I just love her. I have a feeling you're really going to love her too. So if you're on your phone listening to this, you could go over to Instagram and go ahead and follow her at Physical Kitchenist. I dare you not to fall in love with her. She's hilarious. So we share our boy mom connection, our military spouse connection, our goofy senses of humor. And she's honestly just a really inspiring human who walks her talk. She does the work. She exercises to keep her sanity. Like, let's be honest, whenever I'm going on a walk, actually, I think I did an Instagram story a couple weekends ago where I was like, I have got to get outside because I had spent so much time in and on my computer and I was really thinky and I was like, I got to get out there. So I really admire that about her because she walks her talk. She's doing it to help herself feel good. It's not about looking a certain way. It's literally just about how she shows up for herself and for her kiddos too. And she genuinely loves the work that she does. Like dreaming up actual food recipes is just about the farthest thing from my zone of genius, but she loves it and she's amazing at it. It's really fun to watch and she's making a super meaningful difference in the lives of everybody in her digital orbit, which like I said, will soon be you when you go over to her Instagram and follow her. So we covered a lot in this conversation, including the divine intervention that led her to start her business two and a half years ago and why she saw it as a business, not a hobby from the very beginning, the strategy she used to grow her blog to a full-time income, practical tips for picky eaters, kids and grownups alike, how her business is evolving. What makes this one different is that we get into what I would call a friendorship session, just kind of talking about how she could be spending more time doing the things that she really loves most about her business. We talked about how she manages her own health, prioritizes her self-care with so many irons in the fire, what getting more help has really allowed her to do, her social media strategy secrets and why she loves Instagram stories so much, And again, what she loves most about her business at this moment. We've got a lot to cover. You're really going to enjoy this conversation. In honor of Krissa, maybe this is the perfect episode for you to listen to while you're on a walk or doing some squats, moving your body and helping yourself feel better from the inside out. Enjoy. 
All right, Krista, I'm hitting record because this is a big moment in our history. We have gone back and forth scheduling this call, what, like legit four times? Months and months and months of, yes. Yes. Well, I love it because anytime I needed to reschedule, you're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, me too. And then anytime you needed to reschedule, I was like, yes, totally fine. There was just legit no stress because we get it. You know, there's all these common threads and we just get it. So I'm really excited to actually have this conversation with you today. Thanks for being too. I've been looking forward to it. I'm finally glad we could connect. It's about time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, by this time I've read your bio, but I really want to know just to set up the frame of reference as we have this conversation. I just love to ask, like, tell me, well, tell us about your business and your family, just the setup, and then we'll just follow our noses wherever the conversation leads. But tell me about your business and then your kiddos, hashtag boy mom, and then kind of the timeline, like the setup over there. Sure. So my business is, it's actually a website. I'm a full-time blogger influencer and my website is physicalkitchness.com. So I post healthy, mainly paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free, easy recipes for busy moms. I have workouts on my website. I'm also a bar instructor during the day. And I have like wellness tips and meal planning hacks and all kinds of things to make it kind of a one-stop shop for moms that are just looking to be healthy and take care of themselves and take care of their families. And so that's what I really thrive on in my business. And Speaking of families, I have two little boys. I have a one and three-year-old. Yes, hashtag boy mom. (laughs) I'm a military spouse, which you know all too well. So life is just really, it's really nutty right now. And it's just kind of a combo of managing a full-time business while being a mom and having my husband, of course, as you know, is away. So I'm just, you know, just hustling and making it work whenever I can and balancing all the hats that many moms wear. I love that we're recording this now just because when I think back to, I remember when we were messaging and your husband was about to be going away for a while and I was just like, yeah, in retrospect, people ask, how did you do it? How did you do it? And I'm like, well, you just do it. It's not like you have a choice to be like, okay, well, never mind. I need help, you know, or you do need help and that's good, but it's not like you can just not do it. It's like, well, you have to keep living your life. And so you're going to figure it out. And then some days are going to be really hard and you'll be like, I need more grownups. I need more hands on deck, but you're just doing it. So I just want to be on the record and saying thank you for the sacrifices and the service of your husband and your whole family and your boys and what you guys are doing for the rest of us. Cause I know it's not easy, but man, it sure does make you strong. And I'm just glad we're capturing this moment because you're going to listen back one day and be like, wow, it is. It's one day at a time. I can't tell you the, you know, days per week, the times that I cry because it's, it's a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you just, you just persevere. And, and I feel like that's, the lesson in any point of motherhood, whether you're doing it solo, whether you're doing it with a full-time job, whether you're a full-time stay-at-home mom, you just you just persevere and you take it one day at a time. There's good and bad days. So with the, your boys are one and three, how old is your business? Like when did you start your business in relation to motherhood? I started my business two and a half years ago. So my first baby was like just over one when I started. And what sparked it? You know, I'd always, always, always wanted to start a food blog. I love cooking healthy meals, but I had always been, we were always moving with the military and I was 
working full time, trying to build a career off whatever, you know, you know, I was trying to start a career and then we, I'd get into a good position and then we move again. And mm -hmm. finally, when we had our first son and I was staying home with him for that first year, A, I knew I wanted to start the blog at some point and B, I kind of felt like that was like divine intervention for me to do it at that moment because as glorious and beautiful and amazing as motherhood was, I was very much feeling like a sense of myself was gone mm. and I needed that identity. And I was <laughs> like continually making healthy recipes. I just hadn't started the blog yet. And my husband would come home and be like, yeah, I mean, it's good. And I'd be like, what do you mean? It's good. It's great. <laughs> I worked really hard on this, you know, and I was finding that I was being frustrated with silly things because I needed something that was Krissa, not just, you know, a mommy. So I felt like, you know, it had been time. I had applied to win some services from someone who had built many blogs and she was doing an interview with potential bloggers to help someone along their first year journey. So I quickly like emailed her and said, Hey, I'm super interested. So we had a few interviews and she helped me kind of get the process started. Her name is Christy Hill. She's amazing. And it was just all these things came together and it was like, okay, it's now or never. So let's just do it. And I did it. Okay. And I'm just curious with the business model of blogging. And I mean, because two and a half years, like that's pretty new, you know, because some people are like, well, blogging, you know, it's really hard to be able to build a business around it. Blah, blah, blah in terms of blogging in itself, unless you started a long time ago, but you've had great success in two and a half years. So what are some of the things that you've been doing to be able to generate income from your blog? Yeah. You know, in hindsight, it feels like a long time, but it has happened really quickly. The first part of it was I never started with the intention of having it a hobby blog and I will post whenever it feels right. I always started with the intention of this is my business and my website and I'm going to make it my business. Mm -hmm. And my goal was to make a part-time income. And fortunately I've been able to make a full-time income now, but I always viewed it as a business. So I stay very consistent in the amount of times per week I posted. I see very consistent on what my strategy was for social media. And I really tried to dig into what my target niche was and who I was really trying to get in front of the eyeballs I was trying to get in front of. So everything was, you know, at first it was ebb and flow. I was trying to figure things out, but it was still sort of calculated and how I wanted it to go and what vision I had. So I never started it being wishy-washy. There was always like an end goal in mind, whether mm -hmm. it was a week from now or three months from now or a year from now. Okay. And then tell me more about your target. Cause I'm pretty sure it's me because I do not like to cook and I very easily wimp out and be like, Oh, it's too hard. Oh, oh sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then also I've created monsters. Whereas my boys used to, yeah, I'm just selfishly going to use this time to showcase your genius. My boys used to, when they were toddlers and they weren't conditioned to like cheese and chicken nuggets and whatever all the time, they would be adventurous eaters. But then I feel like just because of my laziness of not offering a bunch of other whole foods, then they've become pickier as they've gotten older. I mean, Deacon's a fruit monster, but I would like him to be a veggie monster. I just myself, <laughs> I'm starting to eat more vegetables in 2018 again and feeling much better. I mean, just after a couple of weeks of really being more mindful of eating whole foods. What are some of your tips that you share with us who are not? You know, I, again, like when I started, I was just like, I want it. I want to 
create healthy meals. And it was kind of broad, but I was very much into the paleo lifestyle because I felt so much better cutting out gluten and dairy from my life. I had a prior skin condition, psoriasis that had cleared up. So I wanted to share those recipes with people. And as I progressed, I realized that the recipes that were really quick and easy, not necessarily beautiful or inventive, which I was trying to do at first, Mm -hmm. the quick and easy ones were the ones that were resonating with so many people. And, you know, as I continued to vlog, then we had our second baby and life became like, when I thought life was hard, it became like tremendously harder after two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was my life. I was living my brand. Like I don't even have time to cook these really super healthy meals that took forever and had a million ingredients. And I'm a food blogger. So it just naturally evolved and it started gaining steam when I started making things that were like 30 minute meals or five ingredient breakfasts or portable, you know, snacks. And so I just really listened to my audience and seeing what kind of posts were driving traffic and what posts were doing really well on Pinterest. And then I just sort of morphed into that. Yeah, it's got to be quick and easy and simple. And that's my brand. That's who I am. That's my people right now in my season of life. And it's what's making my blog a success. Yes. I love that you said that because I'm listening and I hear the parallel with a course about copy because I'm like, people, I don't even have the time to be looking around at a million different ways that you can communicate this message or write this page of your website or whatever. And it's my business. Like it's just not the best, highest use of your time and life energy. (laughs) So just let's keep it simple and get something that's nourishing and real and true and you'll be good to go. Trust me. Yeah. And you know, I watched your Facebook live yesterday too about quote unquote professionalism. And when Mm -hmm. I started my site, I really wanted to write copy that was conversational and like fun and slightly dry humor. And I worried a little bit in the beginning, like, am I going to be taken seriously when I'm just saying amazeballs in my blog post? (laughs) And luckily it just works. People like authentic relationships and authentic real people. So I loved how you were like, what is professional? It doesn't have to be perfect copy. It could just be you. And so I feel really comfortable in that role now and and exploring the ways to just be authentically me. And it just resonates with people because we're all in this season together and we all experience the same things. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll link to that. And I want to link to all of your goodness in the show notes here as well. So for those of you who are listening and you're like, what are the recipes? What are the snacks? What are those breakfasts? (laughs) Then we'll link to them so that you can find all of this goodness. And I'll link to that Facebook live too. But in a nutshell, I was just saying that professional doesn't really have anything to do with your personality. It's just that you're really good at what you do and you're delivering on your promises. And the rest is, it's up to you to do it your way. So what kind of things did you start to offer? And like, how did your business evolve? And you mentioned that you're a bar instructor. Is that a new thing or that's something that you were also doing as you were growing your community? I was doing it, I want to say I was doing it a few months before I started my blog. So I've always kind of done that, taught classes, and I've always been a fitness enthusiast. So I knew I wanted to add that to my site because that's a part of self-care for me. And I figured if I could give these women easy, fun, healthy recipes, I could also give them easy, fun workouts that they could do at home. So that was just always a part of my personality that I liked but now I lost track of the question. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm, moment. <laughs> I'm just being, yeah, exactly. It uh, happens to me all the time. No, I'm just being really nosy about the setup and how you made it work time-wise. Like, was it nap time empire style? Did you take your oldest little one whenever you were 
doing your instructing in your classes during the day and they had like a daycare at the gym or like oh, right, right, when okay. were you, how were you building and when were you building and all so, that? I'll go back to my website. So I was totally nap time at prayers. It was multitasking during the day with the little guy. Nap time was full on recipe testing, development, shooting at night. And it was, it still is, I should say, a lot of hustle. So, you know, when I hear people say hustle-free businesses, I'm like, that's not my business. Uh (laughs) I'm still hustling and trying to figure that out and balancing all of that. So it's just a lot of when the kids are down, I work. When my husband comes home, I need to find a balance of turning off the laptop and spending quality time. So it's just, I'm trying to figure that out. And then as far as like the fitness aspect, when I do teach bar, it was usually in the evenings or early mornings when my husband was home with the kids before work where I could sneak out and teach a class or two. So that's kind of taken more of a back burner right now in this season because I'm just too busy to teach, but I still like to offer the workouts on my website and and share that knowledge. So just a lot of whenever I have a minute, I do what I can kind of thing. Right. Which is the reality probably for the one who's listening, the one you over there, the one where we're in your earbuds right now, you can probably really relate. And that's exactly why I really wanted to have this conversation with you now, again, particularly while you're in this crunch and in this moment. Cause I remember when Jeremy's longest appointment, thankfully, in the Navy submarines, it was just never even, you know, comparatively that long, like six or seven months. And I was pregnant with Deacon. And then he left again when Deacon was about three weeks old, but then he actually came home early. So I think he was only gone for like three months that time. It's all a blur because it was the newborn month. So I was like, what? Right. What time is it? Where are we? As long as we get dressed into school, Deaky, we can come back home and take a nap. Yeah. And that's funny. That was a second child thing because I remember with the babysitter, I was like, she had actually come to my house to give me a couple of massages to try to induce me. And I met her through our Terminix guy because it was <laughs> sister-in-law. <laughs> and I was going to have her come over and watch Deaky while I went to go get my hair done. But I realized, wow, I don't even know her last name. <laughs> and I texted her. I was like, hey, can I get your last name? And then we became friends on Facebook. So I highly recommend that as, as a way to vet your great approach. Yeah, is, you know, make sure that you can be friends with them on Facebook. We had met her. My parents had met her. Jeremy had met her. Everyone had met her. But all those grownups were gone and I needed some help. <laughs> so once we were friends on Facebook, I was like, well, okay, you're a real person. I see your contacts. I have lots of to get in touch with you. But yeah, that's just the difference. Cause with Bryson, it was like, okay, we've got this Navy certified daycare and my sister-in-law's already been and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I can relate. And I really appreciate you saying that about hustle mode. I talk about it and I had a conversation with Todd about it somewhere and I'll link to that just on the micro hustle. And like, even if you only have 25 minutes and how you can be really intentional about that time. And sometimes it just is the season that you're in as long as you're still taking care of yourself. So especially since health is your thing, I'm curious when you're in this hustle mode, I feel like that's what gives it the bad rap. If people are, and I've done this before and I'm currently healing from adrenal fatigue, even though I don't think it was from working too much because I barely worked last year, but maybe it was a meta thing from like three years of working too much. But anyway, it's just like, it's not good if you're running your health into the ground. So how do you do this and how are you managing this and how do you prioritize taking care of you when you do have so many irons in the fire right now? You know, to be honest, the gym is my therapy. I get very, I'm very type A, things need to be a certain way. So when I can just go sweat it out and have an hour and my gym has daycare, thank goodness, that is really good for my soul. And I'm very in tune with my spiritual side and my faith and 
So after the kids go down and I get a little work done, then I really have tried to make it an intention to read a devotional or I just finished a book called Present Over Perfect, which was so needed for my soul again. So it's really just tuning into like my inner faith and then the like outward, like I need to like punch a medicine ball kind of thing. Like hashtag (laughs) So that's, that's kind of how I take care of myself. And when I first started my business, I had no childcare help. Even when I had our second, I was still like posting twice a week and I didn't take a maternity leave and it was kind of crazy. But now I have my oldest in preschool, the youngest, I have a nanny that comes two to three days a week. And I was really hesitant to do that because the whole point of starting this career was I wanted to be home with my kids, but it was becoming unmanageable. And I was very fearful to pay for childcare when I wasn't making money. Mm-hmm. That was a huge mental block for me. But, you know, my husband really encouraged me last year. He's like, something's got to give, like you're stressed out. We have to figure something out. So that's when we found someone to come and watch the kids. And even though I hadn't been making money, that experience helped me get laser focused. And then I was able to now make a full-time income because I had help. And it's really hard, especially when you don't have, you know, family around or super close friends because you just moved to a new city to get help. But that was my saving grace. I'm so glad you shared that. And now I want to know, because my tip is a do not necessarily try it at home. Although for real, I do feel like we should all be able to become friends with babysitters and nannies and stuff on Facebook. And if they're not down with that, then they're not the right (laughs) fit. But how did you find your nanny that you guys love right now? Yeah. So we found her, I actually am on the next door app, you know, the neighborhood. And I just put a shout out out there if anyone knows, because I really wanted someone that knew someone or I could get referrals. And a woman said, yeah, my mom actually loves kids. So I, I don't, I call her my granny nanny cause she's an older woman and she yeah. just loves on my kids. And I just feel so comfortable with someone who she loves little ones. So mm-hmm. it just worked. And we've had her for now a year and I feel like she's a part of our family, especially during this time when I so desperately just need to get away. Sometimes she's just been a godsend. Yes. That's so good. And I remember I had a conversation, one of the first episodes that I recorded last year with Morgan McDonald, and we talked about this too. And she was talking about getting help before she was actually, you know, pre-revenue, air quotes, Mm pre-revenue. And it was a conversation she and her husband had where it was like, okay, cool. Remember when you were going to law school and we were paying for law school, but you weren't making money as a lawyer yet, but we were investing, you know, and now you have this great career. And then likewise, and I think that's just such a valuable, important conversation to have. And also just a reframe that it's case by case. It's what's right for you and your family. But honestly, it's okay and necessary to get help. And I'm also really glad you mentioned that, how so many people will start businesses and so that they can, again, air quotes, be home with the little ones. And it's okay to change your mind. And it's okay to decide, actually, I need to get out and go to a co-working space or Starbucks or the library or whatever. It's okay to shift the dynamic as your needs change and your desires change. So I really appreciate you sharing that because I know... I've heard a lot of women talking about the guilt of like, no, I quit my job so I could be home. Now that I've started my business, I'm, you know, obviously it's going to take time. That's just math. <laughs> that's, right. that's going to happen. And you can totally build a business in a steady way in those pockets of time. But sometimes you just need a little more and that's okay. And it's okay when I feel like I do something that I love. I love what I do. 
And so when I can get help with the kids and I can do what I love and then I can come home, I'm just recharged. And Mm -hmm. again, that wasn't always the case in my business and everyone's situation is different. But when I do feel that tinges of guilt, I think, no, I'm setting a great example for my kids. I'm a better mom when I have something that fuels my fire and that's what works for us. So we're figuring out as we go. (laughs) Yeah. And that's literally all we can do. And that's another thing that just keeps coming up in all the conversations. It's like, if you're doing what you love, then that's great because you're modeling that for your children. If you're being a martyr and sacrificing and feeling like you can't do anything you love because you have to just physically be there all the time, that's actually not making any sense. (laughs) And then you're usually a grouchy a-hole because your cup (laughs) is empty, so there's nothing to pour out. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it happens, and then you can forgive yourself and make a different choice next time. Exactly. Okay. So tell me, I just want to know, again, I'm just super curious about your business and in particular the content and everything. What are some of your favorite things, you know, and some of your favorite milestones that have really recharged you when you feel like, OMG, I'm just really on purpose right now. This is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. So really every time I post publish, it's like a little trophy sits on my shoulder. It just feels like an accomplishment because it's just like, okay, I work so hard in this little tiny project and it's published. I I publish twice a week content and I'm constantly creating content. It takes up a lot of my time, but um, it also drives a lot of my traffic, which I make money off of ads that are on my site and I make money off of sponsored posts. So I'll work with certain brands to create recipe using their product. So that's kind of one aspect of my business. And then last year, I shouldn't say, yeah, last year, last September, I released my first digital product. It was, it's called the 30-Minute Real Food Meal Revolution. So these are eight weeks of dinners that you can make in 30 minutes or less, and they're all mainly paleo. They're all gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, refined sugar-free, just this like really healthy tool for moms to make easy meals without a ton of ingredients and a ton of prep, and they can just use these on rotation. So I released that, and it did really well, and so... I hope to do more of like the releasing of digital products because it was just such a fun process and such a fun way to get my creativity out. And it's helped so many people, you know, when you release something, you never know how it's going to (laughs) go. You know, I had goals for how well it would do. And, but what surprised me the most is so many people would email me or give me feedback about how it's making their life easier. It's changing their lives or their picky kids that never ate anything are eating the meals. And it just is like, this is where I should be. So that's what really, really made me feel like I've made it. Despite like all the little milestones to come, that release was like a big thing for me. And then I've done a lot of work with like the Whole30 recipes takeover on Instagram, which has really boosted my following. Just getting exposure to an account that has 1 million people is just amazing and every blogger's dream. So that is also like a really big milestone for me to reach my people, people that are interested in the same things that I am. Okay. Now I'm glad you said that because I just remembered your Facebook ad, which is, I was thinking about it whenever you were talking about how people just want to know that you're a real person, especially when it comes to this stuff. Because if you're like, there's so many people who say quick and easy and blah, blah, blah. And then when you do it, you're like, oh, whoa. 
Right. Not neither quick nor easy. This is not actually what was promised. And I loved your Facebook ad and I sent it to Jeremy because I was like, I don't want to be making these, but you can do it. Because <laughs> it was so cute because it was just real life and you're like cooking and you have one little one on your hip and the other one right at your legs yeah. and somebody's crying and you're like, all right. So this is how it goes sometimes in the kitchen and here's what we can do. And it just feels more doable when you know that it's somebody who's in the trenches with you as opposed to someone who's just got like however much it seems invincible time. And then you're like, oh, right. Okay. I can actually do this. So we will definitely link to that below too. Great. Okay. So tell me more about this Instagram takeover thing. I'm just like, again, it's just not a world. My Instagram is completely stream of consciousness, spontaneous and not strategic in any way. And so I remember seeing that and being like, Oh, it's so exciting. So tell me for those who are listening and they're bloggers or Instagram is big for them. How did you get on the radar and connected with the whole 30 team? And how did all that go down? Sure. So I will caveat saying that when I started my site, I did not focus on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, because I felt like I can't grow one social media platform when I'm working on all four. So my first year of blogging was really devoted to Pinterest because I wanted that blog traffic. So my Instagram account was pretty sad for the first year and a half of my blog life. But I started after I kind of built a good Pinterest following, then I moved over to Instagram and started posting more frequently and doing, you know, the hashtag research and everything you need to do to kind of make a mark on Pinterest. But it was still growing at steady speed, but nothing great. I think I had like 4,000 followers or something. And then... I, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think I reached out to the Whole30 team or I have a contact with the Whole30 crew and basically it evolved of, would you like to do a takeover? You know, we have a spot on this week and I jumped on it. It was such a great opportunity. And they asked that you post two to three recipes a day that, you know, the content, the entire recipe, the directions, if you'd like to do Instagram stories, you can, and you do that for a full week. So Oh, wow. Oh, a whole not, week. A whole week. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's a big endeavor, but and you're not really driving people back to your website because you're providing all its recipes within their Instagram feed, but mm-hmm. you get such an uptick in followers. I think the first takeover I did was in April last year and I went from like 4,000 followers to almost 30,000 followers. Which blew my mind. It was it was a huge celebration for me. It was just amazing. And, and that's when I think things really started taking off. So that, I mean, I owe so much of my success to being able to be exposed to that platform. It's just amazing. So, you know, if there's a specific brand or program that fits, you know, if you're a blogger, fits in your niche, reach out. Maybe you could do a takeover and get exposed to more people because that was a great way for me. Well, that's really exciting. So then once you have the 30,000 more people, then like, I am just always curious about what are people doing with their Instagram followers? You know, I actually, when I started playing with Instagram stories and I saw everybody doing swipe up and I was like, oh, so sad because again, I have no strategy. So I don't even have 10,000 followers yet. And I'm like, I just want to say swipe up, but there's nothing they can swipe right now. (laughs) So what did you do? Like when you had that many new followers come on? Were you just really intentional about how to connect with them and get them over to your website or what'd you do? And anything like funky come up around that mindset wise? Like, did you have any, oh my gosh, look at all these eyeballs or how did that go? I was really involved in Instagram stories beforehand because I love it. I don't take 
myself too seriously and I like to just hop on there and give people live demos. It's easier for me than like creating content, just hop on Instagram stories. Yes. But funny enough, I don't know if you remember this, but once I had that huge influx of people, I didn't have a strategy. I was like, I had no idea this was going to happen. And so when we were on the same Facebook group for the 90 day year, you had said, why don't you start a Facebook group? You were the one that told me that. I was like, I would have never thought of that. So during that last day of the takeover, I quickly just threw together this Facebook group and said, if you're someone particularly, you don't have to be a mom, but if you're a busy mom that just wants like easy meal hacks and wants a community of non-judgmental moms and we can just like support each other through this journey, come to the Easy Kids Tribe. And yes, I do remember that conversation because yeah. we were like, what do we call it? What is right. it? What do we call it? Yes, I totally remember that now. Right. So I did the shout out and right now we have, I think over 8,000 members in the tribe and it is like, it's like my favorite, favorite, favorite part. It really is because these are like my, the people, I feel like they're all my friends and it's such a positive community. People ask questions anywhere from whole 30 questions to parenting questions, to marriage, to, I mean, working out fitness stuff. And it's just like a really great community of moms that are just trying to do their best and want a sense of online community that isn't judgmental or mom shaming. So that's what came out of that whole takeover really is, is the Facebook group. Wow. That's cool. I love that story. Okay. And what are you doing with them? Like, how do you stay in touch with them? How do you manage it? I know last year in 2017, there was a big hubbub and everyone was like, free Facebook groups. It's a dying thing, like nobody's doing it. And I'm like, dude, if it's working for you, I mean, it's, we don't need to follow trends or the masses. The thing is to really focus on what's lighting you up and what's allowing you to build genuine and connection with your people online. So it doesn't matter if you can make it work for you. It doesn't matter what it seems like everyone else is doing. Stick with what's working for you. So how do you run the Facebook group? And ultimately like, are these the most of them are the ones who are buying your programs and such, or like, how are you making it work for your business? Obviously it just is fun, obviously it's, to connect. Yeah, it's super online. fun. When I first started it, I was really engaged. I need to get more engaged just to, right now. I'm trying to figure out like where I can allot my time, yeah. but really it's just a forum for women. And I do hop on every once in a while, do a Facebook live. And I always try to be intentional about like, here's this really awesome meal planning hack that I want to share with you guys, or here's some healthy snacks that I brought at the airport when I'm traveling, or here's a bar workout you can do at home. And I'm trying to give them content that is helpful for them yeah. and encourage like open dialogue. I mean, we've had conversations about discipline, about how hard marriage is. We've had conversations about kids with disabilities, about, I mean, everything. And it's very open and authentic and people are very supportive. And so I really don't use it for anything specifically except feeling like I have a pulse on what other moms and other people that are interested in my stuff, what they need and want, mm. what's helpful to them. And as a blogger, if you can have direct insight on what your audience, what their pain points are, that is a gold mine. It's a gold mine because you can create then content that they need and you're helping them. They're helping you by going to your site and devouring this stuff up. So I just feel like those are the people that are like my core brand, my core people. And yes, a lot of them have bought the 30 minute real food meal revolution. And I of course toted that on the site because those are the moms that need it the most. 
it's just a community, a really like great community that I feel really confident with. I can ask them anything or get feedback for things that I might be working on and it, it just works. There's so much value in what I call the mutual inspiration society. And that's exactly what you just described. Like you're helping them and they're helping you by taking the over analysis out of it. Cause you don't have to think about it. You can just see, okay, cool. Of course they're interested in the wellness pieces. And then all of these other pieces of their lives are going on right now too. And that's something that I always recommend people. Like if you're really trying to speak to one person so that she knows you're talking directly to her, it's not even just around the one specific thing that you're offering, but just knowing what's lighting her up or what's really breaking her heart right now or whatever it is. Those are all ways that you can help people feel heard and connected to you because you're actually just paying attention to the whole person and not just that one particular aspect. So yeah, to me, that's one of my favorite things. Anytime I've ever had free Facebook groups, the one I have now for the podcast is more of a, I'm the only one who posts and then people comments. We have discussions in the comments, but just because I get overwhelmed with the idea of having like just open and not knowing what are people posting about or whatever. Um, But whenever I did like temporary pop-up groups years and years ago for launches and stuff, like it was just so fun because it's like, Hey guys, you know, I'm creating, I'm recreating this course. What are the questions that you have? And it's just like human connection in a digi world cannot be overestimated. The value of that. Absolutely. It's everything. It's in that Facebook group is big. And the Instagram stories for me are really big for getting that human connection. It's, I wish I could just do that all day, to be honest, like just cook live and talk to people and <laughs> not be busting out content. Obviously I need that content because people go to my website for those recipes, but the connection is what really lights my fire. Okay. So then I have to put my friend or hat on <laughs> and be like, okay, let's talk about how you can just do that. Cause I'm just, okay. Honestly, there are so many people and you were talking about creating a new program or whatever, but I'm like, there are so many people who haven't heard of it yet. That one program that's already so freaking good. And if you could just get the word out to more people and then you have more income from that, then it does free you up because then you're less reliant. You know, you can little by little, shrink the need for the traffic based numbers. And then that way you're really just having the fun and building the connections. Cause you've got that like machine, the engine built behind where it's like, yes, all roads point to this one thing you've got to have because it's making your life so much easier. So is that part of your vision? That's what I was feeling called to ask you next is like exactly what we're talking about now, which is what is your dream empire? Again, just for the near future, like for the next year, a few years, what is your ideal business model and how would you really love to be able to spend your time? Yeah. I love that question. I really do because I've thought about that so much too. I would love to make a majority of my income off of the product after the 30 minute meal revolution. I'm working on another one. It's hard for me because I have felt like, okay, these are my people and we trust each other. And it's so wonderful around this happy, glorious rainbow. And I don't want to come off as salesy. Mm-hmm. And that yes. is tell me more, tell yeah. me more. <laughs> and so many people say, you know, if they if the product helps them, it's you're not gonna come off as salesy. And it has helped so many people, thousands of people, but mm-hmm. it's really a mental block for me of like, no, like I built this trust and these people like me and I like them and I don't want them to feel like I'm pushing, pushing, pushing. So mm-hmm. it's something I need to work on and figure out like what is the best way to be intentional about building my business and my brand and pushing it in the direction that I want it to go without feeling 
like I lost that authentic self. So yeah, I would love to maybe do less content because mm-hmm. it is, it can get really, I can get burnt out by creating two recipes a week and the edits and the writing the posts and the photography. And I really would love to dive into being a contributor, like an on air to my local news stations or I mean like hashtag dreams like today show would be, I mean, if they called me, I wouldn't say no, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but just doing things that are fun and that I feel like I can interact with people because the online space is wonderful, but it can be very lonely too. Yes. Dude. Okay. No, I really can't help. Now we're just switching from podcast conversation, but this is going to be good because whoever's listening, I just have all these ideas and I'm really excited. You just declared the today show because I have no doubt that you can make that happen. And then one day you'll be like, Oh, remember when I put that out into the iTunes, you know, let's go with that theory. <laughs> no, because I just know, and you're such, obviously you're, you have a natural gift for cultivating community and what a beautiful thing that you have created that space just because you set the tone for it to be a place where they can be themselves and they can feel safe talking about even when people have different perspectives on all those topics that you talked about they feel safe to express that there and that's not a genius that everybody has so i mean there's just so many options because i'm thinking like a membership, if you wanted to do that, you could do that because it's literally something super simple. You could have the deliverable is the meal plans, like an ongoing thing. And then they have those conversations and you can be more involved while being compensated for being more involved or again, just amping up the courses. But I'm also wondering if something like a mastermindy experience, I don't, I can never just say mastermind. I always say (laughs) experience because that's what I was experimenting with last year with the trimester of awesome. And it was from a place. So is this unsolicited advice or do you care if I'm actually? No, I love it. Okay. (laughs) I love it. I'll take all the advice I can get. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and we'll just pre-sell this to our listener who wants to really be part of your program, your next program, because what happened so beautifully and organically with the trimester of awesome last year was I was like, all right, I'm going to start the podcast. I'm going to have these conversations and we're just going to see where it goes. And as I was creating things, I was just sharing in the playground. Here's what I'm thinking about this. Wouldn't it be fun if we did this? I remember putting together a collage and there was a picture of like sleepless in Seattle when she's like hiding to be on the phone call in the closet. And then her husband finds her and she's like, ah, and then the part of Moana where it's like, you know who you are. And I was just pulling together the part of 50 shades of gray where she has the non-disclosure agreement. It's like all of these various things. And then a picture of me nursing Deacon with his hand in my face. And it's like, these are all of the, it was like a vision board for the vibe and the community that I wanted to create. And I was just kind of thinking out loud with my people. And by the time, and I did that over a period of months. And so you can plant the seed and you can be like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. I don't want you to think I'm being pushy at all. I just, I'm feeling pulled to share and serve in a bigger, deeper way to go deeper with some of you. And so go with me on this one. And you're going to have the people who keep commenting every freaking time because they're like, is it open yet? Is it ready yet? Where's the link or whatever? Because that's what happened. I literally put the link out or a Google doc in, or a Facebook doc in the group that Friday night and had five people sign up over the weekend. And then by Tuesday, I was like, ah, I have to close it because I felt like so many people were going to join that I couldn't keep it open until the Sunday that I was thinking. And so, I mean, everything's different, blah, blah, blah. But I just know out of those 8,000 people, Krissa, there are so many women who would love to be able 
to work with you in a deeper way that doesn't have to be draining. It could be really, really fun for you. And it's just an experiment and you could do it. Like you could do a month long thing that has a live element or like a three month long if you wanted to do, obviously it's up to you. I just have, there is no block for me. I can see so clearly that whatever the heck you want to do, they'd be like, yes. And there would be a beautifully nourishing amount of women who would be like, yes, please. And so you, I could play permission fairy and <laughs> be like, you have permission to share what feels exciting. Cause there's a reason why those are the things you love to do, you know? Yeah, no, I love it. That was one of my, before my husband left, we were talking about like next steps. He's like, you should do this. I need a membership site. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I would love it. I just don't know. You know, you go back and forth. Yes. Um, but yes, I have mulled that over so many times. And I love that you brought that up because it, again, gets me all giddy and excited. And I've kind of pushed that excitement down, like maybe not now, maybe not. Yeah. What would I offer? But you know, I do have so many ideas. I just need to hone them in. And so, yes, I love that idea. Love, love, okay. love. Yeah. Giddiness, divine breadcrumbs, baby. Because yes. you don't even like, I know for me, anytime I've thought about a membership, I'm like, my commitment phobe. I don't want to commit to making it that long, but you could even do just a trial run. And you're like, let's just experiment with this and see, you know, like you were saying, you're testing recipes. This is you testing a recipe of a program and a business model that you just want to try on for size and see how it fits. And they're going to be super excited to be giving you feedback and be in at the ground floor to be like, Ooh, this is cool. And they get to shape the experience. And the cool thing about doing things live is that you don't have to do all the prep work behind the scenes because you're co-creating it together. Like you're setting the intention and the structure up front, but then you're co-creating it with your dreamies. And so it's not like you have to do all of this work to create a product that has to look great first thing out of the gate because it's actually just you going through it live. It could literally be you going through your program with people and having the accountability and having check-ins and like, how are you doing? Post a picture. And you could talk about life stuff too, because that influences whether or not they had the energy to go to the grocery store or whatever it right. is. <laughs> yes. I feel like you just really deserve to be able to do something that energizes you and gives you the connection piece. Because the other thing I've learned a lot over the last year or two, it's like, it's so easy for us to keep things at an arm's length and think, I can't do that yet. And I just yes. had a great conversation earlier this week with Lana. It was like, you don't, you don't get to play yet. And it's like, no, play is the way. Like when we're actually playing, that's when all the magic happens. Like you were saying when you started, like you just needed something that was Krissa. And so it's like, why do we delay our gratification as opposed to leading with it? Because that's when all the good stuff happens. I love it because yeah, I think... I too am, I need to have everything planned out, everything mm -hmm. like set, the idea, the structure. And so for me, just diving in is very, very scary. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you just need to do that. You're a good one for nudging me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, but really, that's why you love Instagram stories because it is easier because it's not edited. There's no filter unless you're just being fun with your filters, you know, like it's just, that's why you love Instagram stories and just connecting and having those raw conversations with people. And so it's like, those are the divine breadcrumbs, dude. And you can, one of my favorite mantras from Denise Steffel Thomas is there are easier ways to make money. Mm, so good. Yeah. So, so anytime good. it's like you're tempted to squirrel about something or, or find it, because we just do that. We just make stuff harder than it needs to be because we have stuff around feeling like we have to work hard to earn it or to deserve whatever we are earning or whatever. And I'm like, no, I just really love especially like you said, the online piece and just craving more offline connection and stuff. Like 
you offer things at higher price points and you're really enjoying the whole process of just showing up for people because you can talk about the recipes in your sleep. It's You don't even have to think about it. You have all of your blogs, everything. It doesn't even have to be new recipes that you're sharing. It's just the fact that you're actually helping them use them because we can all pin the recipes. It doesn't mean we're actually making them, <laughs> right? you know? And so there's so much value in like the actual implementation and the, I'm down there with you and just think about it like being in your kitchen, you know, you're trying a recipe and you don't know how it's going to end up, but you're just doing it. And just like you said, wait, I just wrote it down. Let me flip back. Whatever it was, you said it wasn't about the beautiful or inventive fancy recipes. It was like, what was quick and easy? So what if you applied that to your business? And it was like, oh gosh, I don't have to be doing a full production and photo shoot and whatever. I can actually just be like, hey women, you want to do this together? Let's do this. Let's let's do this without makeup and hot mess hair. And yes, I love it. Yeah. That was one thing too. I'm like, I have to figure out this year how to take this crazy hustle element out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you said, it can really wear you down and, but there's always stuff to do. So I've been trying to like mull that over. What can I give up? What can I keep? How can I keep my revenue up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing to figure out, but this, you might've just given me some motivation to uh, refigure my business. So thank you. Well, I'm going to keep bugging you about it too. And I also want to say, I mean, obviously, I don't know y'all's personal financial situation or whatever, but for me, I had to even take the pressure off of keeping my revenue up and just be like, it's okay that I'm going to roll back a little bit right now while I'm reconfiguring things in a way that nourishes me and is actually more sustainable. And so I did have lower revenue and it wasn't fun for my ego, but it was good for me to just be like, I got to slow the runaway train because what am I doing? If I don't actually want to build the business this way, then what's the point? You know, that's so good because it's hard when you make a certain amount and you're like, okay, just want to either stay here or build and build and build. And you get sort of greedy in that. And especially reading present over perfect, it was very much like, what do I want to be living this hustle life, balancing the kids and business? Or do I want to have a business and have downtime and not be fretting about content or whatever that needs to happen in the next few days? I think there comes to a standpoint in the business where you build, build, build. And then you're at this point where you're like, what now? Do I want to keep living this life, this the kind of the hustle? What needs to change and give and flex? And I'm trying to, I'm at that point where I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. And you've done the work you have a library that even your dreamiest of dreamies has not been able to implement every recipe that you've been cranking out, you know? And so there's just so many ways you can thank Krissa of the past two and a half years for her hustle and be like, all right, now 2018 Krissa is going to be really smart about working smarter, not harder, and actually leveraging all of the beautiful, valuable work that you've created. Thank you so much. Because honestly, sometimes I feel like, thank you, past Nikki, for hustling your buns. <laughs> right. because look at these libraries. We can just send somebody that blog post. Oh, we did a podcast episode on that one already. Oh, there's a really good interview there that can help people. And then you just share it with your current personality and perspective and it's still so freaking valuable. So yeah, I know that it's a block and hopefully it's crumbling for you, but I'm like, I don't even see that. There's no block. There's no question to me that you can build it however you want to because 8,000 people in such a beautiful space that you've created, they're probably just like standing on the side, you know, in the gym of the, at the dance, like just waiting. (laughs) 
for you to ask them to do prom. <laughs> I love getting them to prom. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. I love it. Thank you for that. Well, yeah, I'm hoping that's helpful for whoever's listening because I know this, I do this, I've lived this. And so I'm hoping this conversation has been helpful to you because this is a conversation I've actually had with a lot of my friends, even friends who are at the million and multi-million dollar mark where it feels like it's a runaway train. And I'm like, wait, but you could really be enjoying this. So what's happening? Do you feel like you just have to keep up now with yourself because you can roll back and you're still fine and all of your needs are met, like you're good, you know, so you can actually just kind of slow things down if you want to and enjoy it or tweak it completely if you want to. And you're still valuable and it's not tied into your income, but it is easy to tie that in, you know? And for me, like I said, it was a hit to the ego. And then I had to realize like, I am not my revenue. Like, right. It's so true. Like who comes from, who is your core person? You know, who are you? And I've had to reflect on that too. And sometimes when you build a brand, I feel like you sort of become that brand. And then you're like, am I who, like, (laughs) it sounds a little woo woo, but who am I? You know, yeah. am I this brand? Am I still me? You have to kind of that, especially when you're always like kind of on, especially mm-hmm. like Instagram stories and Facebook lives, you know, you have to really know who you are and not get lost in the, I'm this businesswoman, I'm physical kitchenist. And so mm-hmm. that's a challenge too. I feel like that has evolved. That was surprising to me. Yeah. And the, well, you said a little woo. I'm like, dude, I'm super woo. I've become very woo over the years. And so one of my favorite things that I keep saying, and I actually just need to do it, but I keep talking about it and flirting with the idea. And speaking of, I've been floating this idea in the playground for a while now, but I love a future you meditation where it's just, you know, 15 minutes or less. And you just are imagining that you're going and you're visiting and it's this house that ends up to be yours. And then you answer the door, whether it's five years in the future or 10 years or 20 years in the future. And you're just checking her out, seeing what she looks like, you know, from hair to skin to outfit to the house and everything. And you're just noticing it. And then you just like walk into your office and just sit down on the couch and have a conversation and be like, what do I need to know right now? And what was the step that helped me breakthrough to whatever the next big thing was or whatever it is. And just having that conversation. Cause I'm like, it is so powerful to ask who am I? And it's not like, who am I right now currently while I'm just walking around the planet in default chaotic mode, but like, who's the most powerful, truest to who I actually was created to be self. And what does she say that I should actually be doing right now? Because I feel like so often we're looking for the answers externally, but really like we have so much divine wisdom that was literally programmed into us that we have access to at any moment that we choose to just ask. So I also feel like asking Chris of 2020, like, so what are we doing these days? And she's like, well, I, I have a five o'clock at the Today Show. And then <laughs> I actually showered today. So <laughs> that's even luxurious. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That is so good and so true. I wish I could have done that to my pre-blogging self even. You know, if you could only just tell yourself two years ago what you know now. It's That's so powerful. I'm going yeah. to totally do that. Do it. Like I said, I need to make – the reason why I want to make my own is because any one that I've ever done, I'm like, no, I need more time with her. Like a minute is not enough. We did all this about the house. I don't know what I want on my living room wall, but I need to talk to her for just a little bit longer, please. <laughs> and so I need to actually create my own, and then I will certainly find a way to share it because I just feel like that's what we all need to be doing. We need to be asking ourselves with a little more like experience, hey, what should I be looking out for, and what do I actually need to know right now? But – In the meantime, 
really, like I said, I just want to acknowledge you. You've done so many amazing things and you've added so much value. And I can just see when you give yourself permission to really like release any shoulds and really just step into the stuff that you love doing, man, it's only going to get bigger and brighter from here. So Love it. Exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of this. And like I said, for everybody who's listening, go to the show notes for this one because I mean, again, she has a freaking library, like an arsenal treasure trove of all kinds of resources that can help us just take better care of ourselves. And that's so important. So before we end the conversation, Krista, is there anything we haven't covered just from your own Naptime Empire's perspective that you just would love to share and pour into the earbud of our friend listening? You know, I guess the best note I'd like to leave it on is I have loved building a business that is completely authentically me. And that wasn't purposeful. It just sort of evolved. But I'm really realizing that the more vulnerable, the more embarrassing stuff I can show. (laughs) I mean, really, truly people like that. And I used to be kind of nervous about what to share and what to leave out. And now I'm kind of, I might be even an (laughs) oversharer, especially when I get really raw about the challenges of motherhood or, you know, the ins and outs of healthy eating and how like it's evolved for me. People love it. So I think the more vulnerable and open we can be with our audiences, even though that's really scary, it can really, really make your brand or your business that much more powerful. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. It comes back to connection, right? In a way that you share, and I love all Brene Brown stuff on it about yes, like, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yep. Yeah. That you're sharing something that you're ready to share. And maybe if you need to share something, maybe it does only need to be shared to your best friend and your sister and somebody who can hold the space for it. But there are so many things when you know you're comfortable sharing it, and you can handle whatever the feedback would be. It's so powerful because it just helps people know that they're not alone. And that's what we want to know. It's just those humans, like we need each other. So yeah, absolutely. Chris, we did it. Thank you so much for rescheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling and then (laughs) showing up and sharing everything that you did today. Yeah, for real. I'm just going to like keep bugging you every now and then be like, so how's it going? What's coming up on the experiment docket? You have been such an integral part of that connection piece for me. So yes, I will gladly take your naggings. (laughs) All right, then I'll see you in (laughs) iMessage. Sounds great. Told you it was good. So your homework for this episode, should you choose to accept it, is to, like I said, go over to Instagram and follow her. She's at Physical Kitchenist. And I want you to make note of and get inspired by how she shows up and adds value simply by being herself and sharing her unique skills and talents with the rest of us in the way that only she can. Okay, and then the second thing I want you to ask or maybe journal on this week is, what do I love most about my business right now? And what could happen if I focused more on that? How could I rearrange to let the rest of the busy work fall away and really focus on the most impactful for myself and for my dreamies? That's your homework. Have a great week. Catch you next time. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free, wait, did I say free? I mean priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. 